Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. And so today I want to talk about three practical ways, all beginning with the letter A, three practical keys of how to transform your house into a house of prayer. I want to equip, encourage, and empower you to turn your house into a house of prayer. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3, you'll love this proverb. It says, by wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established. Let's read that again. Let's read that out together. Can we do that? On the count of three, let's read that out together in a nice bold, confident voice. One, two, three. By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established. It's talking about a house. And so there's a lot of things that go on in a house. And Pastor Trina and I, we've been talking, and which is a good thing. Uh, we haven't for some, some time, no. Uh, but now we were just talking recently about going into 2024 and how we believe it would be great to put on like uh, a relationship series, okay? Not specifically aimed at marriage, although it will include, you know, principles. We want to communicate principles to you, relational principles that you can superimpose on any relationship that you have from a biblical perspective. That's in 2024. So I'm kind of paraphrasing it here today. By wisdom, a a marriage is built. By wisdom, relationships are built. By wisdom, finances, business, a church is built. And through understanding, it is established. You see, the Bible says, in all you're getting... And we're, you know, quite often we're trying to get a lot in this life, trying to accumulate, trying to gather, trying to store. The Bible says, in all you're getting, remember, get understanding. And one of the best kinds of understanding that you can get is your understanding, number one, of Jesus, which will in turn give you a great level of understanding about yourself. And then it's important to get understanding about someone else particularly someone you love. You know, I'm the kind of guy, I'm a little bit curious, I'm the kind of guy who likes to ask why, you know. So when someone does something that's out of character, I'm like, oh, okay, I wonder why they did that. I wonder why they said that. I wonder why they, you know, did whatever it is they did because there's got to be a reason. Can I encourage you that mature love focuses on the why someone did something, not what they did. Mature love looks past uh, the what and seeks understanding around the why. Okay, let's read uh, verse 4 together. Um, Again, in a nice loud voice. Why? Engagement. Let's get together and engage. Let's, you know, don't want to be just a spectator. It's not a spectator's sport. You know, faith in Christ. So all together, nice loud voice. Verse 4, 1, 2, 3. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Yeah, treasures from on high. Rare and beautiful. God wants your house, He wants your life to be filled with that which is rare, that which is not of this world, 
that which is beautiful. Why not? That's God's will for us. He wants your house to be filled with that which is rare and beautiful. So what does it mean to be or to function as a house of prayer? We're talking today about three keys of how to turn your house into a house of prayer. Firstly, I believe that it's important to understand that as individuals, the Bible refers to each one of us as temples. You are a temple, Ben. Brent, you are a temple. You are a temple, Tyson. And uh, we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, the Apostle Paul said, Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? And then he concludes, so that's a question. Then he concludes with, you are not your own. You don't belong to you. Your flesh does not belong to you. It is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's a bit of a challenge at times, yeah? But it's a challenge that you can win. Otherwise, God would not have said so. Because we're talking about prayer, I want to pray right now for the Holy Spirit to fill us, to fill this temple. Uh, is that something that you would like? Is it something that you would like more of? Okay, in your life, the, the way that you get more of God in your heart is to decrease, is for self to decrease, and then the Holy Spirit can increase. So let's just pray about that. Let's pray a simple, spontaneous prayer right now. Let's believe. Everyone believing, every heart open, every mind open, in the room and online. And so, Father... We say thank you for your Holy Spirit. Jesus, you said it was better that you go back to the Father because if you went back, you would send the Holy Spirit and that he would fill us and baptize us with power from on high. And Holy Spirit, I simply say thank you right now for every open heart and mind that you would fill them with your Spirit, with power from on high. Holy Spirit, fill every hungry heart in the room and online, I pray, and throughout this service, in Jesus' name, amen. So we are not our own. Now, a temple, we would all know, is a place of worship. And worship has everything to do with the state of one's heart. Jesus said, in John chapter 4, verse 23, that the Father is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's all about worship. It's all about the state of the heart. And so Jesus is looking for those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Let me just get right into it today. Three keys to transform your home into a house of prayer. Uh, these aren't in any particular order. And I'm sure that there's more. I've just come up with three practical steps that each one of us can take. Number one, anoint your home with oil. Anoint your home with oil. So I'm talking about you can either get extra virgin oil or canola oil, baby oil. I don't know. It's not really important what kind of oil, unless you want to go to Jerusalem and get, doesn't really matter. It's not really what's in the oil. It's the faith behind the act, you see. So you're like, okay, 
so how do we do this? <laughs> so one way to apply your faith practically is by anointing your home through the application of oil. In case you didn't know, oil in the Bible represents the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, and it is one of our symbols of faith. We read in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Now, this word yoke, by definition, represents a burden. It can also represent a chain, enslavement, or to have a knot. Sometimes we can feel knotted up. We can feel tied up like we're chained to something that we choose to be free from. Well, the Bible says that the anointing oil destroys. I like the way it says destroy because when you destroy something or annihilate something there's no coming back from that we also read in mark chapter 6 verse 13 that they were casting out many demons and were anointing them with oil and many sick people were healed so quite often they would take the anointing oil and they could place it I don't know, depending on who they were praying for, on the heart or on the forehead. It could even be on the hands, and that's how they would pray for them. The way that you anoint your home with oil, it can be a number of ways, but I believe that a good way to anoint your home is to anoint the doorframe post of every door. And as you do, give thanks for your home and for all of those who will pass by that door. Also pray that the Holy Spirit will fill that room. So I believe that you could take the anointing oil uh, as a married couple, as a, a single person, even as a family, walk through your home and have a time where you give thanks to God and anoint just the doorposts of every door in your home saying, thank you, Lord, we anoint. We thank you that this anointing oil, you can make a sign of a sign of the cross, which is fine. That's not being religious. That's just representative, obviously, of, of Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that this oil represents your presence and your power. And we thank you now and invite you to come. You are welcome in this place. Now, here's the thing. The whole earth is full of the glory of God. And the glory of God is the presence and the power of God. But the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Some of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is kindness. The Holy Spirit is kind. He's gentle. Perhaps some, there are some people here who've not had a lot of experience when it comes to, you know, people being gentle with you in a very sincere and kind way. The Holy Spirit is kind and gentle and will only come in where He's invited. And what will happen in that moment is that you will become more aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He was always there, but when you begin to acknowledge Him, He becomes more visible to you in when it comes to the eyes of your heart. Now, even if there are some who live with non-believers, you know, non-believers can at times bring in ungodly things into the home. 
But I want to say, don't be put off. Because remember, the power of light always overcomes the power of darkness. And that you are bringing change through the anointing and the declaration of your prayers. Continue to pray. Uphold the name of Jesus, especially as a man. Let me encourage the men in our church uh, to keep on standing up and being a man of God, lifting up your hearts higher than your hands, praying on every opportunity that you can, encouraging, you know, being vocal about the good things. Don't come into the home and start, you know, running off a list of negative things. Oh my God, today, you know, doesn't mean that you can't talk about things, but let your praise and thanksgiving outweigh the other. Okay, because every time, here's the thing, you've got to understand, you've got to remember that we're made in the image of Jesus. You know, when you think about the creation of the world um, in Genesis, you know, chapter 1 through to 3, uh, God is saying, let there be this, and it was, hey, let there be that, let there be water, let there be grass, let there be yada, yada, yada. He's like pointing the finger, let there be, let there be. Uh, but then he said, let us make man in our image. It's the only thing he created where he said, let us make man in our image. In other words, otherwise it's all let there be, all of this stuff out there. But let us then create something that has us inside of them. And we learn in Genesis that God is a speaking God. And when he spoke, things happen. You're made in the image of God. There's a power in you that I want to say to you, most of you underestimate. You're not even aware that you have this creative force or this creative power. You are powerful. And every time you pray, you are speaking light. I'm aware right now that with every word that I speak, I'm creating something. I'm framing something to a lesser or greater degree. Number two today, uh, the second A is atmospheres. Atmospheres in the home. We live in two atmospheres or realms. One is physical or natural, which is the one we now see. And the other is spiritual or supernatural, where we need to see with the spiritual eyes, the eyes of faith. One of the reasons why people can't receive your testimony from God's Word is because their eyes are wide open to the physical realm, but they are closed to the spiritual realm. You've got to be aware of that. So when they say, what? You've got to be like, oh, yeah, it's okay. You got In yourself, you say, I get it. I understand. I was like that once upon a time too. Remember? <laughs> Remember once upon a once upon a time, you were like that too. So we've got to be patient with others as God was patient with us. An atmosphere is defined as a pervading or surrounding influence or spirit, general mood or environment. Again, in Genesis chapter 1, the earth's atmosphere was dark. It was empty. It was void. It was vacant without contents there was nothing there and uh, until God spoke the earth was empty it was dark it was void until God spoke 
it's good to remember that our God is a speaking God. And I understand that, uh, you know, in this room, we might have had parents who weren't speaking parents. Maybe you had a dad who wasn't a speaking dad. He was present, but he was also kind of absent at the same time. I understand that that can happen. But whatever happened in your history has to stop with you as you make new decisions that will determine a new destiny. Begin to open up your mouth. Begin to speak. Our God is a speaking God. And if we want to change the atmospheres of our homes and turn them into a house of prayer, then we're going to have to pray or say something that's life-giving, that's positive, and fill the atmosphere with our prayers, thanksgiving and praise. At the end of November, we're going to talk about thanksgiving because when thanksgiving goes up, heaven comes down. When thanksgiving goes up, it opens up a gateway. God inhabits the praises of His people. On any given day, there's the potential for two atmospheres to manifest within your life and therefore your home. And if we don't fill it with prayer and with praise, then like a void, anything or anyone can come in and influence that space. Somebody once said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And you've got to be the one who fills the space, fills the atmosphere with thanksgiving and praise. You know, some of the ways that you can practically, you know, fill the atmosphere is to, I don't know, play a DVD. Uh, for those who don't have a DVD, you can play your uh, VHS. Um, I know Ben has a VHS. <laughs> no, no I, don't, I don't actually know if he does, but it's a bit of a running joke. Um, you know, play a CD, get on your Spotify, create a list, play the Bible 24-7. You know, I guarantee you that if we could see in the spiritual realm from a uh, helicopter view down on your neighborhood, I believe that if you could see in the spiritual realm and you were someone who was playing, you know, the Bible on audio or worship music 24-7, I guarantee something would be shining over your house than over everyone else's. And I guarantee that that anointing is going to touch the neighborhood around you. I guarantee it. Don't underestimate this, this anointing. Pastor Trina brought a great word uh, around our worship time regarding uh, bowls being filled with our prayers and our praises. It's a great picture. Can you imagine with me for a moment? Don't change the camera angle. Um, Imagine this is a bowl in heaven. Imagine, imagine that this is your bowl. This has got your name on it. Imagine this bowl has your name on it. This bowl has been created for, uh, for Karen, right? Or whoever, doesn't matter who it is. So this is your prayer and your praise bowl. Now God wants you to fill it with your praises and with your prayers. Uh, I believe that as our prayers and our praises fill the bowl, that it begins to tip because it's getting heavy with your prayers, heavy with your praises. And then what you've prayed is being poured out onto the earth because you've prayed your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So our prayers, that's why the Bible says, there's a reason why the Bible says pray without ceasing. <laughs> 
because I want to pour out blessing that there won't be enough room to contain it. Just a thought, just a thought. And uh, so they're just some of the ways or, you know, Gateway Life Church has a, a podcast. You know, it's just another thing that you can do. Just tune in to, listen to. You can follow that on Podbean. So some good thoughts to think about. And it's really great to see those who are just taking notes as well. The, the last point today, uh, point number three, is the third A, which I've just simply entitled Audible. Be audible. God's Word, the Bible, is a weapon. It's a two-edged sword. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Can we uh, read this out together? For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, able to penetrate even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So whenever we pray according to God's word audibly, we're always on target. Even as you read the Bible, consider standing up, walking around, reading the Bible, speaking it out loud. Sometimes it does something for you to hear yourself reading God's word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, I've already quoted this. It says, pray without ceasing. If you want to stay alive physically, then we must breathe without ceasing. And if we want to stay alive spiritually, then we must also pray without ceasing. You know, a good start could potentially be, Lord, and you've already began to pray, Lord, I find it hard to pray. Help me, Lord, to pray more effectively. Help me, Lord, to develop my prayer life. Lord, why do I struggle so much with, you know, praying so much? You know, sometimes a man can really struggle to pray, right? One of the reasons for that is because men don't really like talking, right? And so it can be one of the reasons why a man struggles to pray. Uh, a man is also very self-sufficient, independent, right? So it takes it can take like, you know, if we were to put on a corporate prayer meeting, you know, I don't know, every week. I mean, we have one every week. It's every Sunday morning here at 9 a.m. But it seems like women find it easier to pray than men. Now, that may not be the case in every circumstance. But generally, in my experience, that's been true. So, you know, prayer is such a beautiful thing to do for others. It's a very kind and generous thing to do. And I find that particularly with unbelievers, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I, sometimes I, I've had people ask me, oh, would you please pray for my mom? Would you please pray for my dad? Would you please pray for this circumstance? They think from a religious point of view that I'm gonna come to church perhaps kneel down and light a candle and pray for them. That's what they, a lot of them would be thinking because of a, a traditional upbringing. But I always take my opportunity right there and right then to pray. And I'm like, let's pray right now. Uh, and I never ask, is that okay? Like I never ask, is that okay? Uh, because I'm a spiritual man. <laughs> this is what I do. We're spiritual people. This is what, what we do. And so I just begin to pray. 
And every time I do, they're like, you know, I've never had anyone pray for me ever like that before. I've never heard that before. It's such a beautiful thing to do, and you've got the power to do it. So if you need prayers, I'm not saying that we can't call one another and, and pray for one another or ask for prayer. But uh, if somebody wants you to pray for their situation, I don't probably really want you to call me and say, hey, I've had someone ask for prayer. I'm probably, I'm going to encourage you to pray for them. Why don't you pray for them? Or we could pray together if, that, if we're just starting out. Can you see what I'm trying to do here? Like I want to, we want to keep on building a God dependency, not, not a, you know, I guess a, a person dependency. So one of the most loving and kindest gifts that you can give someone is your prayers. I'm just going to pray right now. I just want to begin to pray. I'm not really sure where this will go, but we'll begin to pray. And uh, yeah, and then we'll close in prayer officially, as it were. So, so thank you, Heavenly Father. Father, I pray for all of our loved ones, those who don't know Jesus. I pray for uh, the wayward. I, I pray for those who are feeling lost and, and broken. I pray for those who are feeling confused, even in their identity. There are some who are feeling confused when it comes to their identity as a man, as a woman, as a teenager. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to loose them, Lord God, to destroy every yoke, every uh, kind of enslavement so that they would be free. Lord, it's so uh, challenging and uh, difficult to put a price on freedom. What price would we put uh, on a, of a monetary level for freedom? It seems like the more money that some people have, the more enslaved they become. So Lord, it's good to not only freely receive, but to also freely give and keep ourselves free. Lord, like Paul said, or was it David? I'm not really sure. I think they both said something similar. It's like, Lord, don't give me too much, lest I forget you. And Lord, don't give me too little, lest I be tempted to steal. So Lord, I thank you for contentment in every heart here today, that we uh, would be free and just generous to, to bless you and your kingdom and, and what's happening in this place. Lord, I pray for, uh, I just remember right now, our brother Phil Haig in Tasmania uh, with his parents, Brian and Pat. We thank you for your anointing, Lord God, in that room right here, right now. I'm not sure if they're watching or not, uh, but I just thank you for your blessing and your touch upon Brian and upon Pat for peace in Jesus' name, for healing, for deliverance, and for breakthrough. Lord, even though sickness at this time is touching Brian's body, I thank you, Lord, it has no hold on his spirit or on his faith. And may he praise you and give thanks all the more, Lord, for who you are and for his salvation and deliverance. Thank you for Phil and for wisdom, for everything to be established in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, for... Uh, uh, the Beneda family and for uh, Kieran's family 
and for uh, any other family who's just experiencing grief at this time. I thank you, Lord, for the comfort of the Holy Spirit, for your blessing and for peace. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling in the workplace, having a battle. I pray, Lord God, and thank you for a battle strategy. The Lord says, the victory is yours, but the battle is His. And the Lord says that with every battle, He does not allow you to wage war in a way that is beyond your ability. The Lord says that whatever you're going through is really a badge of honor because I know that you're going to get through. The victory is yours, but the battle is His. And the Lord says that within the battle, He'll give you wisdom. And He'll give you a strategy where it'll turn around for good, where darkness will be converted into light. I pray for those who are struggling within their marriage, within their family, with children, with wrestling, even in the faith. Lord, I thank You for breakthrough in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that there perhaps might be a breakup, a breakup with old mindsets, a breakup with their history, a breakup with an old wineskin, an old religious, superimposed way of doing things. I thank you, Lord, for uh, there to be a letting go of the old so we can lay hold of the new. I pray for single-mindedness and heartedness. I also pray for those now uh, just for salvation. In Jesus' name, I declare and I believe that change, that transformation of the heart is your portion. That God has taken out all the more that stony part of the heart and replaced it with a heart of flesh. I pray that your eyes would be open all the more to the spiritual realm and that your ears would be attuned all the more to the Word of God, your loving Heavenly Father. I'm not going to name this person, but I'm thinking about a female right now. And the Lord says, He's got you. I love you. I've never stopped loving you. You are my daughter, the apple of my eye, and I'm touching your heart right now. I'm moving in your heart. I'm changing your heart. I'm softening your heart right here, right now, because of the anointing oil in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So three keys today. Number one, anoint your home with oil. Number two, atmospheres in the home. And number three, audibly pray in your home. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.